RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical RPN or legal advice. RPN is not advice. responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, Why? advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program oh. is not to be construed oh. as medical RPN or legal advice. Not... Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thank you very much for being here. You guys get the picture. Friggin' Odyssey. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Livestream. I think it's safe to say that a lot of people are reeling from the events of this past Tuesday. Not because we overwhelmingly lost or anything like that. It's just the manner in which it happened. Obviously, something doesn't sit right with a lot of people. And you can say it's the electronic voting machines. You can say it's the entrenched corruption of the Democrats and the Republicans. You can say that it's candidate quality, but take a look at John Fetterman. That guy is not a quality candidate. How did he get elected to be the next senator for the great state of Pennsylvania? You know what I mean. Something isn't right. Well, our friend, the man, Mr. J.R. Majewski, is here tonight with us. We're going to talk about some things that he observed in his own race, and then we're going to talk about uh, some of those nationwide trends that just didn't quite make sense. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, guys, because we're going to be right back after a very brief word from the sponsor of this program. And please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, my good friend, Mr. J.R. Majewski. J.R., how are you tonight, buddy? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. You know, it's uh, uh, it's bittersweet. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad to have you back on the show. In one respect, I feel like uh, we've had a, a yoke lifted off of our necks. We can go ahead and speak honestly about things. Uh, but in another respect, you know, I'm bummed because I uh, I really wanted to be able to to welcome you to Washington, D.C. and to say, you know, we did it. But I don't yeah. think this is the end. Do you, you don't think this is the end, do you? Um, you know, I don't think so. It, it's going to be, you know, a, a, a next the next few months is going to be, you know, a period of me to, you know, have some, I don't know, some some period of thought and uh, determine what my next steps are. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I would love to, I would love to get back in the fight, but you know, it's you know, it's it's tough, man. These these people really really don't want normal average Americans in in Washington D.C., especially those that are willing to fight the good fight and stand up for what they believe in. And uh, maybe I should have kept my mouth quiet at certain times, but, you know, I don't know how to do that. So, you know, it is what it is. I have my integrity still. So that's all that matters to me. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you have your integrity. I think that that matters a lot more than the rhinos in Washington, D.C. Give, give that credit. Now, I, one of the reasons that I think people like you, Jr. <clears throat> is that you're not just a politician, okay? You're not just a guy who's going to show up on stage or who's going to, you know, go to a press event 
and say what you're supposed to say so that people will trust you more or, or, or you're doing things based upon what the marketing has told the team you're supposed to be doing. You're a real guy. You're saying what you think. It's the same reason that we love Donald Trump. You know, I mean, he's not afraid to get out there and be honest with people because we have a lack of honesty in Washington, D.C. We have a lack of honesty in politics. And these dirty tricks, the same dirty tricks that they keep playing over and over and over again, are designed to keep them in power, but not to allow you to break that glass ceiling. This is like the proverbial glass ceiling. You know, I mean, it's like you, you, if you could make it past that one point, then we would have our, per, our people in Washington, D.C., our people representing the will of the people and not just kowtowing to the whims of the Republican Party leadership. So I want to I, I, I want to talk a little bit about this article that you wrote. Um, I'm going to pull it up on screen so everybody can see it. And uh, I was pretty stoked when you sent this over to me, when you showed me. Uh, what you had written. So it's entitled uh, J.R. Majewski. I'm a Republican who lost on Tuesday. It wasn't Trump's fault. It was the cowards in D.C.'s Mick leadership. Now, obviously, that's a swipe at uh, Kevin McCarthy and uh, what's the other one? Cocaine Mitch McConnell. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think you're yeah. absolutely right. Um, let, let's, let's go through this. I mean, what was it that that was the impetus for you to write this. I mean, why did you decide to put pen to paper on this and when? Well, it really came about, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to move on and uh, consider, you know, maybe running again. And then I saw this mainstream media effort to, you know, slander President Trump and, and, and blame it on, you know, blame these losses on everybody else, or excuse me, blame these losses on him rather than the leadership that really had, you know, all the control. President Trump is a American citizen, a private citizen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he makes endorsements. And uh, just like any other organization or any other group, you know, that makes endorsements, he has, you know, a level of responsibility. But the sole existence of the NRCC and the NRSC is to get Republicans in, in the Congress, be it the House or the Senate. And, you know, the mainstream media's biggest fear right now is a Trump 2024 election cycle mm-hmm. and uh, candidacy. And so they're doing everything that they can to prevent that. And that includes, you know, starting this narrative that President Trump is responsible for, you know, what was supposed to be the right way. But the fact of the matter is, is that the NRCC and the, and the NRSC, I can't really speak for the NRSC, but I can I can talk about my, you know, um, interactions with the NRCC. Um, you know, they played in races that they had no business playing in. In the 19 competitive races across the country, we only won one of them. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> these are competitive toss-up races, right, where they're, you know, barely leaning Democrat or, or barely lean, leaning Republican. My mm-hmm. race, for example, went from a D16 to an R3. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we ended up losing by 13%. And you know, when you when you break down the, the numbers – you know, it, it it's just a case where Marcy Kaptur ran this devious slander campaign against me. She was funded heavily by Nancy Pelosi. And they just beat the tar out of me lying. Mm-hmm. And they dominated the media market. And the reason why we got there is, you know, getting going through the NRCC's um young guns program, once you win the primary, if they if they if they see you as a as a winnable, you know, a candidate that can win 
they they place you into this young gun program, which is supposed to provide you with all these candidate resources. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to help you with your media, so on and so forth. And, you know, right after winning the primary, they they committed $970,000 worth of media. And, you know, once we got into that program, which they drug their feet, and by dragging their feet, that that left me a little bit, um, I would say I was, I, was, I was a couple weeks behind per se, you know, with some of the major donors, some of the events that they had, because they would introduce candidates to, to major donors that, you know, would, would um, you know, review what the candidate's running for, what their platform is. And, you know, they, they, they would donate to their campaign based upon that. And, um, you know, I, I got into that program late and I can tell, I could, I could describe to you the day that that happened. Um, you know, there was a, there was this classroom training and they had about 20 of the new candidates sitting in a, in a room and they were giving us media training and I'm not one for a classroom setting. Um, you know, I mean, I was a first time candidate. Yeah. But I know how to speak in front of a group. I've been through, you know, different leadership style trainings on, you know, how to, how to speak to a group that wasn't my weak point. Mm-hmm. And so after that, you know, they took us into this room and there were all these tables and, there were members from the Washington DC media there and we had no idea this was happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every candidate had, there was two candidates to each table. The only candidate that had the table by themselves was me. <laughs> and I was in the back of the room and the, you know, the media was, the the interviews were all off the record. It was just for a, a, an opportunity for Washington DC media to to talk to you. And there was Republican uh, conservative media, if, if you would call them that. And then there was Democrat media. Who, who, and, who did they seat you with? Any names that we would recognize or just people representing organizations? Um, just people representing different organizations. I mean, yeah, you'd probably recognize them, but I don't remember their names. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember at the very end, there was a very liberal lady that started to question me. And, you know, the, the, the last thing that uh, the last question she asked was about you know, January 6th and what I did there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I said, look, we went there peacefully. We didn't cause any problems. As soon as things started going off, we left. And uh, she says, well, you know, you, you were there. So because you were there, you participated in an insurrection and therefore you're an insurrectionist. <laughs> and I said, have you ever, I said, have you ever been in Chicago? And she said, yeah. I said, oh my God, you are a murderer. And she went, what? And I said, well, maybe you're a serial killer. It depends on what day of the week you were there. <laughs> and she she kind of looked like, what the heck? And, and so um, I said, listen, you know, ma'am, by your logic, just by, you know, by me being in a location, you know, where an event happened, you're accusing me of, of being guilty of participating. And, you know, the truth of the matter is we didn't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And we left peacefully. And um, afterwards, I got, I mean, I got reprimanded by the United States. Like, you can't do that. Why you have that, to pivot. That is the you... best answer. That's the right. best answer. God. But that's just the case of, you know, it, it's all about control, right? Absolutely. So then as as we became, you know, more uh, involved, you know, they, they, they wanted to have a, uh, a presence, if you will, on my team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, all, we offered them that. I mean, look, the exchange was 900 some thousand dollars worth of media, right? I mean, how do you say no to that, especially right. when you're running a grassroots campaign? So the, you know, the, the moral of the story is, is that they developed a relationship with me that made my campaign, you know, just, just 100% dependent upon the plan that, that we designed together, which included, you know, me and my campaign, I had to fundraise to pay my staff, fundraise mm-hmm. to, 
buy the yard signs and, and pay for the applications for, you know, door knocking and, you know, just the, you know, the general things. And then the NRCC was to pick up the, the, the media, the radio and the television. And then when the, uh, um, well, you know, I'd have the, interviews. When, when, when was that, when was that uh, arrangement made? How long ago? Oh, it was probably in June or July, I would think. I mean, okay. or maybe okay. even as late as August. I can't, right. I can't remember the, I can't remember the dates off the top of my head, but it wasn't immediate, but you know, it was a little bit of a foot drag, but you know, regardless, right. There was uh you know, the, the money wasn't going to be injected into the campaign until, you know, the, the, the media cycle was to begin, which would have been, you know, in, in October, right. Okay. Okay. Or after late, you know, the October timeframe. Um, so, you know, the AP obviously wrote that hit piece and, you know, I remember being in the NRCC's office in Washington, D.C. when that hit piece came through. Um, you know, they, they started asking me a bunch of questions and I'm just like, what the hell? Where is this coming from? You know, and, you know, it, it's all a bunch of BS. And you know, they, they knew about my background because, you know, when I started with them, um, part of the program in, indoctrination is, you, you know, you talk about things and you know, they do operate. They, they do op- op-ed research on you, too, because I mean, at the end of the day. If you get elected, they want to have things on you, you know, so the next cycle, if they need you, um, they always have things to hold over your head. And that that's the dirty part of D.C. But they knew about me. They knew my history. And, uh, you know, they wrote the response to the Associated Press. And I wasn't I wasn't 100 in alignment with it. But, you know, again, the looming threat was always if you don't follow the rules, then you're going to lose money from the NRCC. Mm-hmm. And there was a bit of a contentious relationship between them and my consultant, and, you know, it, it, it kind of bounced back and forth and, uh, you know, little did I know, well, then they put me under a gag and they said, you know, don't say anything about this. It, it, you know, it's going to go away. Um, the media reporter that wrote this piece is very fair. So on and so forth, it, you know, it, it'll be fine. People will realize that, you know, he will realize that he's, you know, chasing a ghost and he'll, he'll, you know, he won't, he won't continue with the story. Yeah, he, he did. And it caught sale for two days. And I was just sitting there thinking, what am I doing? You know, am, am I really, am I really going to allow this to happen? Am I really going to allow the machine to take over? And finally I just said, screw it. And I got on Facebook live and I put a video out and I got a little bit emotional when I was talking about it, you know, everything. And, uh, supposedly that angered the NRCC because they had told me not to say anything. And I did, and that's when they pulled funding. And so, you know, after they pulled the funding, there was like, uh, you know, my, some of my donors got upset and they're big donors to, you know, the NRCC and the freedom caucus and other groups. And so they used their network to make phone calls to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then I got phone calls from NRCC leadership, you know, apologizing, saying it was all a timing thing, you know, and, and uh, they were moving out of the race anyway because it was an R plus three and I was a strong candidate. They thought I was going to win and they were redistributing the money, so on and so forth. So I just thought, okay, you know, we'll be fine, you know. And so a little but, while but, after. But because yeah. but because they pulled that money, you had no money for television or radio ads. I had to – essentially I had to re- realign my entire campaign budget, with, which left me with, you know, a fraction – yeah, a fraction of what, because I had raised in the in the last quarter of the cycle, I raised over five, you know, close to four hundred some thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and you know, I'd been spending that 
you know, paying consultants, paying for it. Like I had to pay a promotion company to, to create three campaign videos. I mean, these things are expensive, you know, and um, I, I had to prepay my fundraiser for Mar-a-Lago, which, you know, inevitably was, was canceled because of the hurricane. I mean, there was just a number of things that, but, but, but the money that we were spending on, you know, on my side was all planned out, right? Mm-hmm. We knew where it was going. Everything was, was, was straight and narrow. But then when they pulled out, that left me, you know, in a predicament where I had to reallocate funding and, and figure out how I was going to stay on TV. And, you know, the, the, the three campaign videos that we did, um, you know, they, they were, were useless at that point. Right. Because I needed to, I needed to come back and try to fight off the messaging that Marcy Capter had out there. And, and the other part of it is, is that, you know, we paid a, a, a significant amount of money to have a polling uh, organization that was approved by the NRCC poll after, you know, the, the, the hit piece had came out and uh, their polling said, listen, JR is losing, but he can win. But he has, the only way he can win is if he, if he gets on TV and radio and yeah. he redefines and counters this message. And they said there are enough undecided voters and uh, there are enough Republicans that are responding to our polling questions that that are interested in him. I mean, my name ID went from, you know, high 40s to low 90s. And that was Marcy Captors doing. Mm-hmm. And people were people were interested in, you know, um, the, the fact that Marcy Capter had been this lazy, non-existent politician for 40 years. Now, all of a sudden, she's running this, you know, she's everywhere, all over the media. She's all over the district, you know, with plastic checks. I mean, curiosity had peaked at that point. Mm-hmm. But the damning factor was the uh, Marcy Capter ran and, and the local news started to um, pick up. And, and, and one of the news media outlets says, you know, the the Republican Party abandons Jr. And that was the damning factor because the Republican Party didn't abandon me. The NRCC did. Mm-hmm. And voters in the district didn't have, you know, the the wisdom to, you know, differentiate that distinction. And so a lot of the moderate Republicans, you know, they they just inevitably, you know, decided not to vote for me. And, you know, that's 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 assuming that you know the the election went you know was fair across the board i mean you know we're 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 seeing you know we're hearing a lot of things coming out of all of these different states the gateway pundit just put out that article yeah i mean i'm not i'm not saying the election wasn't fair i mean i i've i've you know accepted the fact that i didn't win but you know if if it comes if 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 other organizations investigate and, and find that it, it was different then so be it but you know, I'm I'm not insinuating whatsoever that you know this was a, a unfair election. What well, I'm insinuating is that the NRCC dumped me, and they shouldn't have. This is the thing. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can be cheated out of an election, and the uh, the direct manipulation uh, of an organization like that, their decision to abandon you. Uh, I mean that uh, that essentially was the death knell. I mean that was the the nail in the coffin. Whereas if they truly were interested in maintaining power in Congress, if if they wanted to get America First Republican conservative candidates into office, 
then they very easily could have used a small percentage of their massive, massive war chest to ensure that you could at least meet the same level of media that Marcy Kaptur had. And of course, she's going to be able to outspend you probably four to one, five to one. I have no idea how much money she even spent on this race, but I know that it wasn't inconsequential, you know, and just mentioning that that uh, Gateway Pundit article. I mean, this is a really interesting thing. It makes me wonder how many other races throughout the nation did the NRCC and the NRSC perhaps as well uh, just abandon people like you in the 11th hour? Because, you know, I mean, you hear Rich Barris uh, talk about it, you know, talk about your lead, you know, how the redistricting had taken place. And as far as Rich was concerned, you were a lock, you know, as long as people know who you are, then, you know, that should be it. I I mean, you play great to the camera. You're an honest guy. You know what you're talking about. You're passionate about your nation. You're passionate about your state. And, uh, and, you know, I have an energy background in a time when this this country is is desperately in need of energy independence and that's what that's what kind of frustrates me too is like you know then the, then there's this counter narrative from some of these moderate jackasses that want to say well you know Majewski was a terrible candidate and what they're not doing is they're not scratching the surface they're not looking past you know this article this hit piece and they're not seeing like these are the same two guys that went after Trump incessantly mm-hmm. right the, the, these two jokers like they're they're full of shit and, you know, they they went after me. Look, man, I've never said I was running around the uh, the desert of Afghanistan with a Bowie knife, you know, slaying the Taliban. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, I've spoken very little about what I did in, this, in the military. And, you know, that's that was intentional because I wasn't trying to base my campaign on the fact that I was a veteran. I was a veteran 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I served 20 years ago. I was trying I was running on. You know, my connection with the voters, my love for the district and my energy background, bar none. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some way, somehow, you know, they 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 were able to they were able to manipulate that. And, you know, now they're now they're trying to say that myself, amongst others, you know, are just bad candidates. And that that's that's farthest from the truth, man. I, I beat the hell out of two incumbent, you know, elected officials here in the state, but they're looking to tarnish me. So if I did decide to run in 24 when Trump runs, mm-hmm. right that I'm going to have another narrative to counter. But the fact of the matter is, man, I spoke up because I'm not scared of these fools. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm ashamed of the Republican party right now. Like it's disgusting. They, they, they should not be the NRCC, the NRSC. They should not have that much influence. They should not be, they should support you if your race is winnable mm-hmm. and you are a Republican. Absolutely. Those are the only two factors that they should be considering if you're a Republican and your race is winnable. I mean, McCarthy and those guys are running around everywhere telling my donors in this state, telling constituents in this state, we were going to flip 50 seats. It was going to be a record breaking season, mm-hmm. right? Election cycle was going to set records. And what happened? We flopped. We flopped because these guys have, you know, they've manipulated their strategy and, mm-hmm. Now they're trying to set up this narrative where, you know, Trump's a Trump's a drag on the Republican Party. I mean, he is the Republican Party. He when he chooses is. to be, he is. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm one thing about me, man, I'm loyal to the bone and, and and sometimes I'm loyal to a fault. But I know in my core that President Trump didn't have to do a damn thing for me. 
I never asked him to do anything for me. I never expected. He did because he chose to do so. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. There were times where I, where I needed and wished he would have jumped in for me. You and I have had many a phone calls yeah. where I'm like, man, if President Trump would just do this or do that. But I don't look at that as his responsibility. I look at that as an opportunity that would have helped me. Would it have helped him? I don't know. I wasn't thinking in that respect. Mm-hmm. But to to try to tear up, you know, his his credibility and take away what he did for this country and what he can do in the future. And and now they're, you know, they're countering it too. They're they're piggybacking it with this, you know, battle where they're they're trying to pit him against Ron DeSantis. And mm-hmm. man, I mean, we can like both of those guys, you know, yes. and they're they're grown men. They will figure it out. It doesn't have to be a media cycle. You know, here's the thing. I have a theory about what happened and why it happened the way that it did. You guys, be, before I start spouting off on it, I do have to mention the sponsor of the second half of the program. Okay, so here is my theory about what happened. So we're going to have another election in two years. Um, <laughs> so they went around telling everybody that – We were going to blow it out of the water, that the NRCC and the NRSC was going to support all these candidates because we had to take back America. We had to put Republicans back in control of the House and the Senate. We had to neuter Joe Biden because America was going down the tubes. Okay, and of course, everybody believed that that was going to happen. We believed it. The mainstream media believed it. Left and right. They all believed it. They they knew in their heart of hearts that that's what should have happened. But the NRCC and the McRhinos in Washington, D.C., they do not like Donald Trump. Think about McCarthy wanted President Trump to resign after the events of January 6th. Uh, Totally spaghetti need, weak in the need, uh, capitulated and and took it all back. Okay, wants to be on Trump's good side as soon as he realizes that President Trump is going to maintain power. So if they want to get rid of Trump so bad, if they want to destroy any chance of him coming back in 2024, they create this fake narrative that it's Trump that lost all of these toss-up races that we should have won if they would have had the support that these organizations could have provided. Should have been a lock. No big deal. Okay, I don't even know that they had to necessarily cheat in any other overt way besides what they already had in place. Mail-in ballots, that's a problem. Electronic voting machines, that's a problem. Uh, Dead people on the voter rolls, that's a problem. Those three things. Ballot harvesting is a problem. Ballot harvesting, that's a problem. Those items right there, uh, that's enough to steal an election. But I believe that we had the potential to overcome all of those things. All we needed was the awareness uh, of candidates. All we needed was the education of the public to let them know that there was another chance out there, a different opportunity for them to put somebody else in in office that wasn't going to be the same old, same old. So they create this narrative that the problem is Trump. They do that by abandoning all these candidates and not winning Mm -hmm. all of these toss up races, because that way it's plausibly deniable that perhaps the Democrats could have won and perhaps they won in those toss up areas because those people still detested Donald Trump so much. These are the same people who would have us believe that Joe Biden actually won in 2020 when we know that he didn't. So they have this narrative, this story. And then at the same time that they're fostering this narrative at the ballot box, they're going behind the scenes and they are publicly taking these meetings with Ron DeSantis. Who knows if Ron DeSantis is even meeting with these people? Who knows what's said if they are actually meeting? But by leaking it to the press that they're going and having these backroom meetings, 
it creates that idea that that perception of public tension and it sets up that uh, tete-a-tete between Trump and DeSantis. And they get into the minds of the people through the mainstream media who create these stories saying that Trump and DeSantis are at each other's throats. People don't like Trump. People like DeSantis. This is the only way that they could stop Trump from getting reelected in 2024 is if they create another candidate that could potentially go up against him. They know that in 2024, it's an inevitability. Doesn't matter how much money they put into these races, Republicans will take the House and the Senate because they don't have anybody who is going to feel good about these next two years. People are pissed off already. Any of these races where Republicans should have won and Democrats are going to be coming into office, shit's going to get worse all across the board. The Joe Biden regime is going to continue the slow, steady decline of America. And by the time 2024 rolls around, people are going to be willing to elect anybody who's not a Democrat. So they won't even have to spend the money at that point. And potentially they can get rid of Trump by elevating another candidate in his place. And they can use this as an opportunity for additional fundraising in the meantime. Oh, we need even more money next time. Because look what the Democrats are doing. Look what happened last time. You didn't give us enough of your money last time, and we couldn't even support people like J.R. Majewski. So now we need all of your money because we have to elect Republicans. Now it's dire. Now it's dire. This is is what angers me so much about the party. You know, they expect us to give them blind loyalty. But when it comes down to supporting the candidates that could actually bring about a whole host of wonderful things for the people of this country. They won't even support them. They can't support their own candidates unless they walk goose step, boot to heel directly behind them, doing whatever it is that Kevin McCarthy or cocaine Mitch McConnell tells them that they must do. They want total control. They want everybody to have the fear of what's going to happen if they don't get the support of the NRCC or the NRSC. And, uh, and they want, they want total power and they want it to not be under Trump. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I, you know, I, I just don't believe that, you know, um, I don't believe that Ron DeSantis, you know, uh, actively work. I don't believe you're insinuating that, but I, I I don't think, I think Ron DeSantis is just a victim of the circumstance, right? Absolutely. And he's being put into a position and, you know, Trump's probably Trump. I mean, He's, Trump is probably feeling like, you know, what the hell's going on? And, you know, DeSantis just hasn't responded yet. But, you know, the active, you know, uh, in, the active um, attempts by these folks to pit them two together is, it's, I mean, it tells the story, you know, by itself. But, you know, they are going to continue, you know, behaving this way. And I just hope that, you know, the members of the Freedom Caucus that are standing up, I've been talking to quite a few of them over the past few days. And, uh, you know, there's, I'm not going to say any names, but there are some, some solid, uh, conservatives in the freedom caucus that are actively working and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what the outcome is, but, you know, I, I find, I also find it kind of weird that, you know, some of the Trump, um, surrogates are out there, you know, supporting McCarthy. It, 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 uh, you know, kind of, that kind of bothers me too. I haven't actually seen any of that. I've heard people talking about it, but I haven't gone out looking for it. Um, and uh, I did somebody somebody actually accused Matt Couch of turning on Trump. And Matt was like, you know, absolutely not. 
I, I am loyal to the core. Trump is my guy. I will always have Trump's back, you know, but it doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything that he does. And I'm the same way. You know, I feel like we can't we cannot afford blind allegiance uh, in the face of, you know, questionable statements or bad decision making. I mean, we have to have room to disagree with each other and to have a dialogue so that way we can make the better nation that we want so that we can come to. Uh, a, a system where we're able to have a, a battle of ideas, a, a challenge of the wits, so then we can get the best ideas to rise to the top. Uh, so, I, you know, it, it, I think that it's a mistake to tell anybody who has, you know, perhaps questions or concerns about something that might be happening uh, to, to call them a shill or say that they're coming out against Trump. I think that's a mistake. And, um, and I think that any perception of that is being manipulated by a whole host of people in the background. I think that when people are saying that about certain people, it's a manipulation probably being put in place by the same people who manipulate us on a daily basis, whether it's intelligence or it's operatives of either of the parties. So I, I think I, it, it's it's high emotion right now. And I'm sorry maybe if I got heated when I was giving you guys no. my theory. But, you know, I, I, I am heated. I'm angry, you know? I mean, like, there are good things. We can't, We had wins. We had wins on Tuesday. But we didn't have the overwhelming win that everybody believed we would. Um, and I don't think that it's just necessarily chalked up to, uh, um, I guess, you know, I don't know, reasonable ideas. I, I mean, like, this is a manipulation. Absolutely, it's a manipulation. And people see that, you know? And, uh, you know, maybe the good thing is that people are going to recognize how much the system is corrupted and how badly every single one of us needs to take an active role. I mean, that's the only good thing that I can think to come from this. But we also have to get rid of those people in Republican leadership. I, I have seen and I am going to have uh, my friend Ivan Raiklin on the show here very soon. Uh, he's out there actively whipping votes right now for uh, Trump as Speaker of the House. And uh, I don't know how likely that is, but guys, if that happens, I mean, I think that's a real opportunity. I think that's an incredible opportunity we could have. And I've heard um, about it. I've got I've gotten calls about that. Yes, and uh, you know, I saw people like Matt Gates openly talking about getting rid of McCarthy as Speaker of the House. He can't be Speaker of the House. We have to have somebody else. We need someone in leadership who is actually going to lead, and not for their own benefit but for the benefit of our nation, for the benefit of the party, for the benefit of future generations. <clears throat> we, we, we should never have an election cycle where we're talking about these two things. Number one, we should never have an election cycle where, where we're saying, you know, I wonder why such and such is losing. Well, maybe yeah. so-and-so in the Republican Party had a backroom deal with so-and-so in the Democratic Party and they mm -hmm. horse traded, right? That should never happen. No, They should not have that much functional right uh leverage over uh, a seat in 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 the federal government they absolutely should not and you hear about that constantly well you know maybe uh maybe there was an agreement by you know mitch mcconnell and chuck schumer if they let blake masters lose then you know chuck would stay out of the the georgia race and it'd be much easier for herschel walker i mean those are conversations that are you know free freely had amongst many of the uh, the influential people in Washington, D.C. and locally. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we have that, you know, reverberating at, at, at the level of the voter is troubling, right? Mm -hmm. We should be freaking out about that. 
you know, we should be screaming from the top of the mountains that that that, that is our government, right? The people cannot elect candidates that align with them so long as there is power already sitting in government that pulls the purse strings. And until we fix that, we can forget about all this other stuff. You know, we, we, the fact that, uh, you know, mail-in ballots and, and the machines, all that other stuff, that, that that's tertiary to the problem that we have with elected officials sitting in Washington, D.C., making decisions for Northwest Ohio yes. or, you know, um, the West Coast of or the East, East Coast of Florida. I mean, you know, it, it should not be that way. No, no. It, you know, and uh, the the thing is they are attempting to stoke this division to divide the party and to make two camps, one for Trump, one for DeSantis. But it's not organic. And it's it's not from any, uh, you know, particular place of reality. It's a it's a construct that they're trying to push upon us. I have an article on screen right now from Fox News. Conservatives point finger at Trump after GOP's underwhelming election results. He's never been weaker. So who is actually saying this? Well, we've got somebody from the National Review uh, shill publication already. We've got some random guy named Max. Uh, we do have a blue check mark from the Reagan battalion. I know nothing about them. I wouldn't say that they're a particularly authoritative force. And then we've got Jeff B at Esoteric CD saying that uh, basically that we got to move on from Trump. So so who's saying this? Who's actually saying it? it who in the conservative movement is saying that? If, if you go ahead and search for something like that online, conservatives coming out against Trump, You've got articles from places like Newsweek, Yahoo, The Daily Dot. There's a an authoritative source right there. If The Daily Dot says it. Media Mike, Matters? Oh, Media Matters, yeah. Mike Rothschild and Alex whatever his name is. You know, these are the people who are attempting to make you believe that there is a rift in the Republican Party. I'll tell you where the rift is. The rift is between the elites, the rhinos, and the rank-and-file conservatives of the Republican Party. That's where the rift is because they want to maintain power at all costs. You know, think about how many how much wonderful stuff happened under President Trump. And despite all of the beautiful things, the changes that happened to our nation, the the rise in power and the rise in wealth, energy independence, all of these incredible things that were good for the people of this nation. And people like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, they still couldn't get behind Trump. Because Trump was a wild card. He could not be controlled. And I think that they, they're they willing to hedge bets and say that maybe they could control DeSantis. Who knows? You know, uh, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, as a Floridian, even though I've only been here just over a year, I, I'm, I'm definitely a resident. As a Floridian, uh, I would be extremely angry if Ron DeSantis decided to step away halfway through his second term as governor. And I'll tell you what, every other person down here would be pissed off about it too. Like we all want a DeSantis presidency after Trump's next presidency. We don't want to see Ron DeSantis and President Trump going at each other. And I will also say this, President Trump has a history of these apparent public spats with other powerful people. Um, And, uh, you know, they, they might spar in the news but I don't know how organic that is or, or how real any of that interaction is. I mean, President 
President Trump has said things publicly, and then the next day he's having lunch with these people or shaking hands with them, and everything's fine, you know? So, like, I'm not particularly worried if uh, it appears that President Trump and Ron DeSantis are tossing barbs in the mainstream media, which is full of shills and fake news CIA agents. Okay, let's be honest. These people don't care about us. They care about controlling us, and they care about controlling the narrative, and they've got to get inside your brain. Even if you're not a person who watches Fox News or MSNBC or you read mainstream sources, those ideas still filter down into your social media feed and the people who are controlled start spreading that BS and then it gets into your mind through like some brain worm type interaction. It's not real. No, it's not. And Twitter's fake and it's full of hive mind bots that post the same thing over. I mean – like I could, I could legitimately go on Twitter right now and post a picture of a kitten, mm-hmm. and someone would call me a stolen valor, fat, drunk, loser, you know, cultist, insurrectionist, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. That, that that's the sad reality of of Twitter and social media. And you know, the same thing with uh, you know, Facebook has gotten that bad too. You know, it, it's all these fake accounts, man, that are just you know out there trying to slander the narrative and and get people to think you know, along their, 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 their message. And mm-hmm. I thought this, and I still think that this election was, you know, the opportunity that we had to, you know, finally course correct and get us to where we, we need to be. And there's just no way in hell that uh, the American people voted for, you know, inflation. They voted for high gas prices. No. They voted for, you know, triple the price of turkeys and, bacon and milk and cheese and you know, there's just no way in hell and uh you know student loans and whatever else the biden administration was trying to pass off mm-hmm. that that does not outweigh those other things economically and you know the, the democrats had a failing message and you know the republicans sold us down the river and yeah no one saw it except for a small you know niche group of of you know republican leaders they were all banded together and I would not be surprised in the you know the upcoming months that we find out that the Democrats were you know Democratic leadership was involved in it as well absolutely yeah so uh, getting back to that article from the Gateway Pundit I just wanted to go through this by the numbers sure. because I think it's you know it's powerful so back in 2010 Republicans won the popular vote by 4.8 million votes and they gained 63 seats so then here in 2022 again, Republicans won the popular vote by nearly 6 million votes. We had more people come out and vote in this election, more Republicans, okay? And we know about all of the additional voter registrations, uh, obviously popular sentiment about what's going on in the nation. Uh, And we only gained nine seats. And, you know, that is perhaps up for contention because, uh, you know, they're still counting and they're still finding mail-in ballots. I hear in some places they're still accepting mail-in ballots, which is a farce. It's well after the the time. Okay, so in 2022, we had 50,113,354 total Republican votes. There were 44,251,768 votes for Democrats. So that is 5.8 million more Republicans than Democrats. And we only gained nine seats. And then you look at 2010, we had 44,800,000 votes. 
829,751 votes to the Democrats, 38,980,192 votes. That's a difference of 4.8 million, but they won 63 seats at that time. Uh, And it just does not make any sense. It defies logic and convention. It's a statistical anomaly. But again, you know, I mean, that is uh, that's all we've seen. That's all we've seen for the last couple of years. Statistical anomalies over and over and over again. Math is hard, right? (laughs) It's uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. We had 19, 19 Democrats win in Texas. Okay, that's a red state. Yeah, they got a lot of illegals down there. Certainly, the Democrats have been making inroads to try to turn that purple and then blue. Um, But 19, we've got five, what is this, Uh, four California seats that they're still counting votes for. They're still trying to find votes. And, um, you know, and again, what, it's almost a week on. It's almost a week on from the election and they, and they they can't get their shit together. Um, you know, obviously they can, if they wanted to, they could, um, but they haven't and they won't. Um, what about, uh, what about the RNC? What about the RNC as a whole? Did you have any contact with them or did they delegate all that stuff down to the NRCC? Um, they worked in, 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 you know, in parallel with one another, but you know, my, most of my relationship, most of my interactions, if not all of them were through the NRCC. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of, uh, of interaction with the RNC. Um, you know, Tommy Hicks, who's the um, co-chair of the RNC was here and he's, he's an excellent guy. Like that dude, I can't say a bad thing about him. Um, you know, he, he, he came in and walked the district with me for a little while and knocked on doors and he had a, you know, a rally here for me that turned out to be really, really well. And he actually helped me with some of the Republican party chairs that were, you know, extremely moderate that mm-hmm. wanted you know, one of my opponents in the primary to win. I mean, he kind of set up straight that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, any Republican is better than a Democrat. And, you know, they, they, you know, you know, that that's the other, you know, kind of contributing factor in all this is that, you know, my district has been blue for 40 years under Marcy and, you know, certain areas of the district don't know how to win and they're scared as hell of her because Mm -hmm. she is a tyrant. And, you know, she, the campaign that she ran against me is exactly what she would do to, you know, anyone running for office. And that's exactly how she um, treats opposition while she is in office. And the sweet old lady is really the wicked witch of the, of the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so, you know, when you look at the numbers, man, um, across Ohio and in the ninth district, the only Republican to win in the ninth district, it was Mike DeWine. And, uh, if Mike DeWine would have been facing Marcy Kaptur, our governor, he would have won. J.D. Vance lost in my district. J.D. What? Vance would have been defeated by Marcy Kaptur. So, what, I mean. What was what was the breakdown for uh, votes for DeWine versus his Democrat opponent in your district? Um, I don't know the exact, but he just, he pretty much slaughtered her. I mean. Slaughter. Okay, he, so it was a big win. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't inconsequential. No, he won the state by 25%. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think he had the highest margin win for any governor in the country if mm-hmm. i'm not mistaken and you're talking about um a governor that had you know a, a pretty contentious primary um there was you know there was a a couple of scandals that that happened during the primary and uh you know there's still a scandal with house house bill six with 
you know, him being accused of taking a buyout from, you know, the, the, the power company here in the state that Who I used to this? work for. This is DeWine? Uh, Mike DeWine. Yeah. I wasn't aware yeah. of that. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. So, I mean, he had some scandals. And, and then look, when, uh, you know, we had the Trump rally on the, the night before the election, President mm-hmm. Trump called him up on stage and he got booed. Right. I heard that. So, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me how that makes sense. Right. Tell me how that makes sense where, I get up on the stage of the Trump rally and I clearly had the biggest applause. I had, I had the biggest reception from any candidate mm-hmm. um, besides Jim Jordan yep. and maybe, and maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene, but you know, um, you know, and, and, and I still, you know, I'm two hours out of my district. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this, this has been, that's a common theme for me. If I, if I go speak at a Trump rally, I usually get, you know, the, you know, one of the biggest receptions out of all the candidates and people love you. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what makes it hard to believe. You know, I drive through Toledo, you know, all blue Toledo. Right. And I got people, you know, beeping at me, pulling up next to me, waving at me. You know, I got people running out of, out of restaurants to say hi to me. I got, you know, people wanting to take selfies with me, all that, you know, all that stuff that comes along with, you know, having, um, you know, a good name ID. I mean, I've legitimately, I've had more people excitedly approach me all throughout the district by far mm-hmm. than negative intera- than negative interactions. All of my negative interactions with respect to this campaign have come on Twitter mm-hmm. or Facebook. Yep, I mean, yep. locally has been nothing but love, and that's what you know, that's what bothers the most because I was extremely confident going into that night. I I I felt better than I did in the primary and. You know, I knew I was going to win the primary. I had no doubt. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were doubting. A lot of people didn't think I could win. And I knew I was, I, I was absolutely sure. Mm-hmm. I was, I was twice as confident with this one and, uh, you know, getting the results and, and hearing that. I mean, cause Lucas County was the last one to report and they were, they, they didn't, numbers didn't move in Lucas County for over two hours. And then they just started to dump in and, we drove around the district all day and um, we were getting reports that, you know, they staffed the, um, they staffed the polling locations based on the second election that they had here in the state of Ohio in August when there was like a very meek turnout. Mm-hmm. So some of the locations were short, you know, two to three machines that, that, that they would have normally had. And then, you know, you had one to two hour, you know, long lines and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were telling me that folks were going home. And then when you look at, you look at the mail-in balloting, you look at the mail-in ballots. I mean, you know, Marcy had thousands, tens of thousands of more mail-in votes than me. Well, she and, probably had every dead voter in the Toledo area. Yeah. 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 But so, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you figure that out? You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's the troubling part. And you know, no, no attorney general, no secretary of state, no one in the at the state level in the, you know, in any state is going to want to, you know, hear that there are anomalies with the election. And I, again, I don't know if there are, you know what I mean? Well, I'm I just basing my, my questions off of what I'm hearing from these other states. It's, it's, it is, it's incontrovertible that we have issues with the voter rolls. Now I see there, I saw somebody in the chat say you know, something about how do we go on? You know, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who lives back in Michigan, and he was saying, you know, uh, it looks like your state, Florida, 
did what I was hoping my state was going to do, your former state, Zach. Uh, I was hoping that we were going to go all red because of how bad things have been here and because of the sentiment from people on the street, you know, and unfortunately, they just went all blue again. Uh, did and I said, you know, I said they did the exact same thing they did back in 2020. All of the exact same factors that were present in 2020 were present in 2022, and chief among them being the existence of those massively overbloated uh, voter rolls full of people that they knew were never going to show up to vote because they were dead, or maybe they'd moved out of the state, or maybe they had a different name now. And they made sure that all of those people voted by mail-in ballot. And they did the same type of stop, drop, and roll, injecting ballots as they needed to. Now, if it would have been a fair election, I think we would have seen a very different thing. But that's why we had a very different result down here in Florida, because we did clean up the voter rolls. Okay, We were able to get some election integrity issues into our state legislature and have them act on it. Now, this goes to the answer of what do we do now? How do we move forward? Okay, so I would like everybody to watch the episode that I did just a week or two ago with the people from Defend Florida, Debbie and Raj, because that's an excellent example of how we move forward. They used grassroots conservative activism to push election integrity reform through the state house to get actual measurable things done such as cleaning up the voter rolls uh, to ensure that when people actually came to vote, that it would be a lot more likely that we would have alive people, people who really live down here in Florida. Now, yes, of course, we did register a lot of Republican voters, but there's another thing you can do. Okay, you can work with your local party. You can actively register new Republican voters and get them onto the voter rolls. I'd also like to know, Jr. how many people in your district volunteered for your campaign. Do you have any idea how many people volunteered? Oh, man. Probably upwards of 40, maybe more. Okay, upwards of 40. That's good, but it's only 40, okay? Um, How many people were you representing if you would have won? Oh, 700 some thousand. Okay, so it's a minuscule amount compared to the number of people that live in that district. Now, I know that other people in the audience have also volunteered for campaigns, but I'd like to know how many actually have. I would imagine it would probably be close to the same percentage because most people don't do it. Most people don't go out and volunteer for campaigns. They don't go door knocking. They don't go, uh, you know, shaking hands and asking people to vote for their candidate. And, uh, And there's no judgment here, but I'm telling you that if you were to get behind the candidates that you want to be elected into office, then that interaction that you could have with every single person you come into contact with could have a profound impact. And that could that could really help. They could make the difference between getting all of your advertising pulled and people knowing who your candidate is because you're out there talking to people about them. You're out there stumping for them. Um, You know, those are a few very small things that I think we can do. But I think that at the end of the day, when I was talking to my friend Dan earlier, you know, he said, uh, I'm really dejected because uh, it's obvious that the corruption is so much more deeply entrenched than I wanted to believe. And I said, you know, all we can do is continue to fight like our lives depend on it. Imagine William Wallace, okay, Braveheart, 
out there on the field. He knew he was probably going to die, okay? But he went out there and he fought like he was going to live, he was going to win, he was going to set his people free, and he was going to take every British scalp that he came across. And that's exactly how I plan to move forward. Yes, it can be frustrating when you realize how big this machine is. It's not just the Democrats. It's the Democrats and the dirty rhinos. It's all of the corruption that's all around us. But there are so many more of us than there are of them. And if every single one of us made a concerted effort to be a part of the system and actually work to overcome it every day, you guys, I guarantee you we can make a difference. And perhaps in the next election, we can see a very different reaction. I agree. Yeah, I think we, I think we need the we need the states. I mean, this is going to be we're moving into. Um, I was talking with Steve Bannon the other day, and he he said that uh, you know we're moving into the age of the governor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we need to fortify our states, and states need to take control, need to take action, and uh, protect their their citizens from the federal government. And that's unfortunately where I think we're going. And mm-hmm. I um, agree. I agree. Florida's leading the way, right? And uh, you know, we have a long road, man. It's it's it is disheartening, but you know, now's not the time to give up. And unfortunately, we've been all talking about this for you know two years now, two and a half years. And you know, it, you'd think that by now we would have we would have gotten something done and made small steps. But the reality of it is, is that the the harder we've worked, the the more they've you know set up plans to to cheat us. And that's their job. That's what they're getting, you know, paid to do every day. Unfortunately, we're paying them by way of our tax money. So I don't know the fix. I really don't, you know, I was hoping to achieve some type of influence in DC by virtue of being elected. And, you know, the reality is now is, you know, let's hope that they select a strong speaker of the house. Let's hope they don't uh, kowtow to, you know, putting McCarthy in and uh, let's hope we get a strong, strong member. I mean, there are a couple out there that I would like to see as speakers. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they can, they can win the vote. They can garner the votes to get elected. I, I think we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of backstabbing over the next few days mm-hmm. with members of Congress. And uh, yeah, I got my ear to the ground. I'm sure I'll hear a lot, but you know, I'd love to see Thomas Massey or Bob Good or Gosar or, you know, a strong, strong conservative um, take over that that position. I'd love for it to be Jim Jordan. I just don't think that – I think he's got his – I think Jim's got in, – in my conversations with him, he's got his he, – he already has the next two years plotted out. Oh, I would imagine know, he's going to be – He's going to be running oh, yeah. a lot of hearings and a lot of investigations. So I won't yeah. begrudge Jim uh, his desire to take care of that stuff. Uh, that's that's something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Low Country Brooklyn over on Rumble said, if you don't get behind the America First candidates, a uniparty pack will endorse on paper, then sabotage, yet take credit if you win. This happened with a school board candidate in New Hanover County. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we we have to do it. And you know, I also said this the other day. Why is it only showing one person is watching over on Rumble? That's so weird. <clears throat> so I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, Talking about they're endorsing candidates, taking credits for candidates no, that uh, no, no, there was they didn't that, endorse. 
There, I don't know. There was a, there was another point I was going to make. I'm sorry, guys. I, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. It, it'll come to me in just a second. I'm uh, I'm yeah. Sorry about that. All right. Well, we've got our first caller on the line. Let me uh, drop the meeting ID and the passcode into the chats. And uh, thank you, thank you very much for the for the counts over there, guys. I see that one thousand six hundred seventy eight, Elaine. Okay, uh, there is the call information right there. Uh, definitely call in, you guys. Uh, okay, master master debater. Listen, man, I know you know what Fed posting is. Okay, and you saying that we're never gonna fix it is not doing anything to help. So instead of telling everybody else what you think they should do, why don't you tell us what you're doing? I think that you can be a part of the solution or you can be part of the problem. You can try to drag everybody down by telling them that it doesn't matter and it's never going to work. Uh, and, you know, you can you know jump off a bridge at that point because why would you want to continue to live? Or you can actually do something in your own local community. I would love to know what you are doing and uh, why you believe that there is no hope, okay? Because as long as there is something you can try, as long as there is some action you can take, there is hope. And I refuse to believe that this is over and that America is gone and we, the people of humanity, are forever subjugated. It, I, I refuse to believe that. I refuse to believe that. And it doesn't mean that we have to take up arms against our own government because that's just a moronic that's, it's a moronic thought that you have right there if that's what you're believing that we should do because it would immediately end in bloodshed and there would be, you know, a total patriot slaughter in the streets. We don't want that. We need everybody the only, fighting. The only time the only time we should even be talking about rebellion is in tyranny. And we're not yeah. there yet. We, no. we have a bumbling idiot as a president and we have, you know, some – we have uh, elected officials on the Democratic side. They're a bunch of communists. But yeah. – we're not in we're not in tyranny. And, you know, this this whole um, narrative that Republicans want to, you know, uh, have a revolution. That's just that's fake. You know, no. And it's, I don't it's want been, our I don't want our country yeah. torn asunder. You know, I mean, like they're already doing that. Why in the world would we work to do that quicker for them? Why would we want to help them do that? OK, we have to heal this nation. All right. There is many, many different things that everybody can do in their own community. And this is this is the point that I was going to make. I'm sorry. OK, uh, the age of the governor. I think I think that uh, Steve is absolutely right. And, you know, we see what that can result in down here in Florida. Um, you know, it may be to the point where certain states are so deeply entrenched in the criminality and the fraud that they've been able to perpetuate that on a large scale, without incremental uh, efforts, uh, that it's not just going to happen, all right, that it's not going to be a, a quick process. So if you believe that your own community is too far gone, you have all the, the, the freedom in the world to go find another community, okay? Go seek out like-minded people where you're going to feel more comfortable and you feel that you could have a greater impact because we have 50 freaking states in this nation, okay? I guarantee you there is some place you can go where you're going to find your people. And it doesn't mean that all is lost or that everything is done and that there's no point to continuing on because as long as I wake up and draw a breath every morning, I have a reason to keep living. And this nation is worth it. 
Okay. Uh, I love this country. I love President Trump. I love the people that I live with. I love absolutely everything about it. I am blessed beyond belief to have been born at this moment in time, to be able to witness this and to be able to take part in unraveling the giant corrupt machine that has taken over this nation. Okay. And if you don't think you're lucky to be here right now, then I think you need to take a look around. JR, I saw an interview last night with a 80 plus year old guy, the last surviving polio patient. Guy lives in an iron lung. Okay. Had me crying. Okay. Because I thought, geez, you know, if I ever thought my life was shit, all right, you know, this guy can't move. He can't breathe for himself. He can't go to the bathroom. He has to survive daily living in this giant iron tube that breathes for him and people surround him and they have to help him out to do everything. All right. And he's lived this way since he was six years old, like 75 years, this guy living in a tube. All right. And yet he had a better attitude. Uh, He was happier. Mm -hmm. He was more personally fulfilled. He had more faith in God than anybody that I've ever met in my real life. And it made me realize that doesn't matter how bad things look, okay? Things can be so much worse. And the fact that you're walking around, the fact that you're able to drive a car, the fact that you're able to bitch about the fact (laughs) that things are not the way you want them to be, it should tell you that you are blessed and you need to start thinking about things differently, okay? Realize the beauty that lives around you. Realize the miracle that you are. The fact that you can get out of bed, put your feet on the ground every single morning. And maybe you're not somebody who can do that. Maybe you're in a wheelchair. Maybe you got to use a walker. But at least you're not living in an iron lung. And even if you were this guy, you know, I don't know that anybody that I have in my personal life, JR, would be as happy and as personally fulfilled as this guy. Uh, you know, for everything that he's gone through. It was, it was incredible. I I was in tears. I was crying. You know, I just, I couldn't believe it. And it made me feel like I'm like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. So, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I, through doing this, JR, I got to be friends with you, man. You know, I mean, it's like, I, I got to be friends with all these people here in the audience. And, you know, I mean, never forget you guys, we're here for each other. <clears throat> we're here for each other. And we've got to remain here for each other. It's never too late. It's never too late. All right. I'm sorry. I'm getting off my soapbox. But um, if you ever wanted to to know what hardship is like, seek this interview out. It was uh, it was, a, yeah. it, was a, it was something else. I know the guy you're talking about. I've seen uh, I've seen some documentaries on him. He, yeah, he actually he draws and paints and yeah. uses yeah. the Internet and everything. Well, he's got and, and he's a lawyer. Like he, like they yeah. told him, they told him he was never going to speak again. So he learned to speak. They told him he was never going to be able to to breathe again. And he trained himself to breathe outside of the iron lung as a child for uh, three minutes. He got to three minutes and then he set a new goal. He made it so that he could breathe for an hour and then he got to three hours and then he got to being able to gulp air and keep himself alive for the whole day. Then he went to like Texas A&M. He got uh, his bachelor degree. He got a law degree. He had a successful law practice. He fell in love. It was incredible. Sweeta, are you there? Yeah, hi, Bill. Hi, it's so good to hear from you. How you been? Yeah, I've been good. It's so good to hear from you, too. Awesome. So what is on your mind tonight? You know, um, 
I sort of, uh, you know, I I'm a Trump supporter as well, mm-hmm. but I also sort of feel that you know, uh, maybe it's it'd be better if uh, you know uh, DeSantis came in, because the media is just toxic when Trump is there, and you know uh, what they have done with Trump, they will not be able to do with DeSantis so easily. Uh, you know what they've done now internationally, people uh, you know look down at President Trump. Um, like, like so he's like he's some sort, of, some sort of a clown or something. Even international media, they side with CNN and they side with the, the, the you know, with the MSNBC. Even if they don't go for the Russiagate narrative, but they can't do that with DeSantis. And when they try doing that with DeSantis, uh, people will wake up. You know, that you know uh, what media has done with uh, Trump was also something. What they are trying to do with DeSantis, uh, what what Republicans were able to see, uh, they everyone will be able to see the same thing once if when they try to do it with DeSantis. The toxic environment which uh, is there from the media when Trump is there, and then Antifa flares up and everything, uh, that would be a lot lesser if you know uh, DeSantis is there. Uh, and uh, like I said, the last time also, abortion. Uh, you know, um, uh, I agree with a lot of uh, things with Republicans, but again, again, the abortion issue. I'm I don't agree with the, you know, uh, no abortion stance of uh, the thing. And that would have, you know, that that has been the cause for this red wave not happening. Okay. I think, uh, Jr. 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 Get in there. What What do you think about this? So, number one, all due respect, I don't think the American people should care what um, the international community thinks about our president, especially when you're talking about someone like President Trump. I mean, he's been very effective internationally in uh, his his foreign diplomacy has been stellar. Uh, Number two, regardless of whether it's President Trump, whether it's Ron DeSantis, whether it's Glenn Youngkin, whether it's Ted Cruz or any of these other potential presidential candidates, they're going to face the same wrath from the mainstream American media because the media is emboldened and empowered to behave in the way that they are. There's nothing holding them back from behaving the way they are. And what we do know is that Trump has been effective in office, keeping the media at bay. It's been when he is out of office that they have uh, been detriment. I mean, the guy was extremely effective despite the fact that he was under a constant witch hunt. And I think at the end of the day, you know, the American people, are, I mean, Trump showed at his rally that, you know, in every state that he that they polled him, he he was polling higher than any other potential candidate, DeSantis included. And, you know, realistically, this this is what primary elections are for. And, uh, you know, Trump and DeSantis have to make the decision on whether or not they're both going to run. And then at that point, it's up to the American people to decide. And that's the beauty of our, you know, our electoral process. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we should make a mandate outside of the primary election on who should or shouldn't run. I think every qualified Republican that wants to run for president should run. But I also know that Trump has done a really, really good job over the past, you know, six years of garnering a base of America first um, populists that want to see him in office. And you know, because we recognize that he's responsible for this movement, there are people that are just loyal to him. And they're not going to budge. And yeah, it would you know, DeSantis, we could assume that it would be different, but I can, I can tell you, I don't believe it would be any different. I think it would be the same media onslaught because 
DeSantis doesn't get treated very fairly in the media either. And no, you no. could probably speak on, you know, better in, in better on that than I could be in living down in Florida. But I know that when I see him on the national stage, outside of this little back and forth between him, you know, the perceived back and forth, um, anytime Trump is, or anytime DeSantis is on the, on the, the, the news, they're, they're attacking him for something that he's done. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Let me, let me give you my two cents on it, Sweeta. So <clears throat> right now, well, first of all, <clears throat> the media being, you know, the fact that they're controlled and that they're working for a, a, a single unified goal, and that is to be the uh, uh, the media arm for the Democrat Party and the cabal as a whole. They have to create a boogeyman, okay? And Donald Trump is that foil to them. He is that boogeyman. But once he goes away, they're going to have to create another boogeyman. And Ron DeSantis, I truly believe, would be treated just the same way. Um, now, we have no idea what kind of, uh, you know, president Ron DeSantis would be. I think we can kind of speculate based upon how good he's done down here in Florida. But if he did for the United States what he's done for Florida, that would be just as dangerous to the mainstream media and to the Democrats. And I think that they would use every tool at their disposal to twist whatever agenda he might have and whatever he does uh, to make him as hated in the mainstream media as Donald Trump is right now. And, um, you know, and I understand what you mean. I've heard this, you know, this argument a lot that if, you know, President Trump just has such a negative connotation around him, he should just step back. But I don't agree with it because that negative connotation is due to his effectiveness. It's because he fought so hard for the common people of America. Uh, it's because he was so effective at getting the overall agenda that conservatives and not even con just conservatives, but liberty minded people uh, into uh, into existence. And again, all of that is dangerous to the status quo and to the, uh, the, the cabal and the Democrats and the rhinos. You know, um, they would literally find the next person and they would do everything they could to neuter them or stop their ability to deliver for America. And uh, and it's just we're so used to seeing Donald Trump be that that boogeyman. Uh, and so that's why people think, well, if Trump was gone, then it would be. It would be fine. But no, they would they would just keep going. They would do whatever they had, um, you know, and with regard to abortion, you know, I mean, uh, the uh, the situation there, I, I believe that it should be based upon the laws of the state. And it's something that the federal government never should have had a hand in regardless. You know, my feelings about abortion notwithstanding, you know, um, but uh, I mean, I, obviously, I've been honest about it. I don't, I don't think that there should be abortion. But um, the reason that people are in favor of abortion is because I believe they don't truly understand what's happening there. I mean, the fact that as soon as you have conception, you have life that's created. And that's based upon my belief in the intrinsic nature of the human soul and the sanctity of that life that's created. The Democrats have a cult built around death and sacrifice and the existence of abortion allows for that sacrifice to continue, and it allows for their depopulation agenda to continue. 
and it allows for their uh, uh, trafficking and black market and uh, and even white market baby parts and uh, you know all of the secondary stuff that comes along with it. So um, you know, I, I definitely not in favor of all that stuff. But um, we we got to move on to the next caller because uh, we're twenty minutes in, and I really this is appreciate. One point I want to make this. Okay. this is one point I want to make. The good okay. thing now is now on Twitter you can have a debate, a real debate yeah. on mail in ballots. And uh, mail-in ballots not being thing. Earlier, those debates would not have been allowed. Uh, you know, saying that, that there's no voter fraud. But now, now that Twitter is in another hand, uh, voter fraud debates on voter fraud may come. You know, maybe they may happen on Twitter, and I hope they so. may not get so much. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I'm I'm looking forward to getting back on there. Are you still on there? Yeah, Sweetum? thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Ed. Okay. Okay. Good. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I appreciate your call. Okay. Let's see. All right, you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are no mods on um, <laughs> on Rumble. I see, I feel like people are 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 just uh, going apeshit tonight on Rumble. I don't know what that's about, but uh, we've got another caller. Uh, <laughs> they're following me. <laughs> it could be. It could be. I mean, I've got my I've got my own fair share of um, of uh, 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 acolytes, if you will. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get a name? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hi, caller. Yeah, hi. This is. Hi there. Hi, this hi. Is PJ. PJ? This is PJW. Oh, PJW. Yep, PJW. Awesome. Good to hear from you. Make sure you mute the stream in the background so we don't get the delay. And um, it's it's awesome that uh, you called in tonight. What's on your mind? Well, hey, I just wanted to tell JR that I was at the Lagoon Saloon on Thursday and, and had a table run in his name. <laughs> uh, he and I, I know this is. He and I. <laughs> yeah, you do, sweetheart. We have to have some meetings of the minds my friend i i've contacted true the vote and i'm trying to start a grassroots and i i know that they think that ohio is safe that ohio has the best you know voter verification all this crap but we both know that that no place is safe so what i want to do is is get in touch with you and others i want to get this thing started to start a grassroots petition to force one day voting, no machines, voter ID, verifiable, all of this stuff needs to start someplace. And if we could start it in Ohio, maybe it'll go to other states that are in the mess we're in with these idiots in Arizona that can't count a ballot. Yeah, I agree. It, it, I, think, that, I think it's going to I know there are some talks um you know with with respect to doing some things different in ohio you know the the one thing that i've found is that you know these these states have long-term agreements with um with vendors that are providing them these machines and they don't want to get out of that you know it's 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 a revenue stream just another revenue stream can't we can't we force them to get out of it it's our money after all yeah i'm sure we probably could but i don't know the process in which that happens um, I, I think I, we really need to. It, it needs to happen. At it needs to happen in, in the in the legislature. I mean, we can push it from yeah, a grassroots perspective, but we, you know, I think the model was set in Florida. It, it's not. It's not something that you know. It's not a wheel we need to reinvent. We just got to get some strong members of our state legislature to stand up and and push it. And uh, yeah, that's I know, what I want to do. I know do. a few, but <laughs> oh, we just got to get it on fire. the radar. Yeah. But Jr., you know, I, I'm I'm of the age. My husband was a Boilermaker union man. 
He was at Local 85, and Marcy Kaptur, in her first campaign, told them she was running on, get it, term limits. Right. And she lied to them, like she's been doing for 40 years. And and she's made a living off of this. And now she wants to be the longest running, whatever she is. But that old bag yeah. needs to be removed. And I, I am so sorry I couldn't pull out for you. But man, oh, man, I back you all the way. And if you want somebody to stand with you in two years, if you're going to do it, I hopefully I'll be healthy enough to be behind you. Well, I appreciate it. I'll make my decision. In the next, I'll make my decision in the next couple of weeks. It's it's really going to boil yeah. down to you know can I can I do it financially? Um, yeah, two years I ago, know. two two years ago, I was able to do it, and uh, you know they've they've ruined a lot of my. I mean, they've ruined my name online. They've spent ten million dollars calling me, you know, a bunch of a uh, bunch of false names and accusations. So, you know, I can't run back I to the nuclear it. nuclear power industry. Yeah, I, I have to figure well, out another way. I I just don't know how they can get away with that. It, it is what they do. But you know what? The people here, at least in your own county, knew better. Yeah, they backed I you. I know. We won so, every county but Lucas and, and Wood. So. Well, and you probably would have won them too. Yeah. But I agree. She's a dirty. She's a dirty battle axe. I, I call her something else, but I don't want to make red pill pissed off oh, at me. No. Don't so. worry. I wouldn't. You know, it, it, in times like these, PJW, uh, I think profanity is absolutely warranted. You know, um, we have been well, we have been put upon for a long time. And, um, you know, I think it's time for people to be angry. Oh, I, I'm more than angry and I'm too old to get this angry. But you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Marcy Cap turd. There's a D behind her name for a reason. <laughs> oh, I love it. I absolutely I love, love you it. both. Love I love you, you both. Right. And someday we're going to get back together, JR. You got it. You know where I live. I do. All right, hon. Thank, Thank you, you so much for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great night. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So um, uh, somebody said that Oz has officially conceded. So it looks like they're not going to attempt any type of, um, I guess, challenges in Pennsylvania, which that that's kind of frustrating to me. I thought that uh, this time around, I was told that the Republican Party was uh, ready for legal challenges in cases where it looked like <clears throat> perhaps strange things would have happened. Um, the Gateway Pundit has also filed a uh, civil rights lawsuit against the officials of Maricopa County. So... We'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, as of the, the latest counting, uh, the ballots that have still been coming in in Maricopa County have been favoring Cary Lake. So that race <clears throat> is not done yet. Uh, M-Town58814 says, thank you, Zach, for what you do. JR, thank you for running. I wish the corruption wasn't so bad in Ohio. Uh, yeah. Corruption all around. All right. We've got... Two callers on the line. Caller, you're on the air. Make sure you mute that stream and then tell us your name. Hi, this is uh, this is Bro Dude. Bro Dude, good to hear from you, buddy. How you been? I'm doing very very well. How you doing, Zach? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for your call. What's uh, what's on your mind? I say, Majuski, you did a great job, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I, you know, I've been going, I'm telling you what, uh, Zach, it's been crazy. I've been, I've been logged onto my computer. I've been watching uh, Charlie Kirk and Steve Bannon in the war room. They're doing a play by play over there on the Arizona debacle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just been looking around, I, you know, I, I, you know, trying to get a pulse on what everybody's, uh, feeling. And then, uh, you know, the bottom line, I've zeroed it down to this, Majewski and, and Zach. This is what I zeroed it down to. Those machines got to go, bro. Oh, yeah, 100%. Those, those, <clears throat> those machines have got to go. Majewski, I was listening to you, and, and you're, you're, the, you're, you're right there on the ground floor, and people are, uh, you know, they're coming up to you. you you got a pulse of what's going yeah. on in the community. And your your own confession is I, I can't believe it. It doesn't line up. You know, you get the applause from the from the audience when you're with Trump, and and when you start seeing it, it doesn't line up. And here's and here's here's the whole kicker. All of us that are watching it, it's not lining up to us either. We have a pulse at where we're at. I'm in California, so you, you want to talk about Crazyville? Oh yeah, they're I'm still counting there too. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. And, and, and Zach, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just kind of yapping here. You just rap. Go but, ahead. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't because they just think of California and crazy Nancy and Schumer. You know, there's over five million registered Republicans in California. Mm -hmm. Five million. You can la you could probably uh, add a couple of Midwestern states and they don't even add up to that many Republicans in one area. Mm -hmm. And it's driving us crazy out here. Look, we had we had seven seven seats over here in California that was it was all Republican. You know they're still counting. Listen to this. They're still counting, and they're going to start counting for another two weeks in all these predominantly red districts. Okay, now this is huge. Who's going to control Congress now? I'm telling you, my wife is going, honey, what are you doing? I've been sitting in front of my computer for three days. <laughs> and I'm just, I, I got my pull. I'm, I'm looking around. And, and Zach, I've been following you a long time. I was following you before you, uh, you put yourself on screen. You remember when you were on YouTube? Oh, man, yeah. I've been following you. I, I, I've been following you a long time. And, you know, we went through the J6 and the, and the 2020 debacle. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just telling you, I've concluded. And I don't know, Majewski, am I wrong on this? I mean. I feel from where I, the pulse I'm getting is these Dominion voting machines. They're already, they're all, everyone's saying we need to go out there in power. We need to vote. We need to vote. You realize we have 6 million more voters, 6 million more voters that participated than in 2020. 6 yeah. million more. And we still are neck and neck. Yeah. Something isn't right. I'm not a, I'm, look, I'm not a mathematician. Okay. I finished in the bottom third, you know, top third of the lower class of my of my graduating class. I'm not I'm not a mathematician, but six million more votes. That tells me there was a real there was a red wave. Absolutely. And just like just like Majewski was saying, he had a pulse in the ground. He had a he, man. He was there. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. The guy. I, I don't believe Majewski's lying to us. I think he's telling us the truth. He he's has got a pulse. He sees what's going on. President Trump. He didn't have to do what he did, but he did. And Trump knows it. We all know it, you know. And, and, and oh, by the way, I'm just going to, you know, 
everyone's throwing in their two cents. I think I'm going to throw in my 10 cents. Look, it's Trump 2024, period. I don't care. It's this Trump 2024, period. Yep. Irrefutable, unmovable. We don't have this movement unless unless Trump did what he did. So true. And for what that man went through, his his family was destroyed. Mm-hmm. He lost over a billion dollars. I mean, what that man did for this country. He deserves our support. He deserves us, right? Yeah. And it, and it really irritates me to no end when I hear people bailing out on Trump. Oh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, good riddance. Good riddance to you. Go yeah. ahead. You know, they yeah. got the door kicked in the backside. Those people got on that the man, those most of those people were the ones that got on the caboose. I mean, we were up in the front yeah, of the train. I, yeah. Bro, bro, we've seen it. We're all here. You know, I've been supporting Zach for a long time. I don't even know Zach personally. But I've been, I listen to him all the time. You know, we know we do what we can, right? Mm-hmm. Majuski, we all do what we can, which is, but I guess I I guess one question I got from you, Majuski. Here's after everything you went through, I guess one question. We're all in on this, so we got to get solution oriented. We know darn well those voting machines have something to do with this. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Let's let's not talk. Let's not talk in general strokes or general. Uh, well, we got to be part. You got to get involved. We got to protest. Okay, that's all. Sounds good. I need. We need to be A B C. I'm a linear type guy. A equals B equals C. Be definitive in our motions. Let's not wasted energy and. You know, we're just talking nonsense. I believe there's enough of us that if we got had some type of strategy to combat, we know now we've had two years and we knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. And so we are, are we didn't anticipate the things they're doing now. So what do we do to get this right? How do we get these machines out of there and get a, a what do we do? Let me stop there, Majuski. What would what would you Tell us what we need to do at the local level instead of speaking in generalization terms. Be definitive how we can tackle that. Well, even with paper ballots, they're still feeding those paper ballots into a machine, and the machine's reading them. I mean, we have a we have a top down dependency upon machinery in some right, right? So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we we need to we need to reform our our electoral process across all 50 states and we need to have some t- i mean look each state retains their right to sovereignty but when you get into you know states that are um that are collating ballots at the federal level i think the federal government has a right to then come in and mandate some type of a stipulation that keeps things at least on equal playing fields right and you have all of these states that have uh have have already counted their ballots they already know who's you know who's won and machines aside arizona should be able to do that and then you also have to take into uh into consideration the fact that these officials that that are being paid these poll workers that are being paid um their job is to count ballots i mean that 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 that's that's the job their job should be to to go through them and you know develop the aggregate of of who's the winner who's the loser and We've reinvented the wheel because we've gotten lazy and we've tried to utilize technology, you know, to our advantage. The problem is, is that we've lost control and it's pretty simple. We need to hit the reset button and, and look back 20, 30 years ago, what were we doing before the machines? And, uh, you know, the, the solution is there. 
we just have to, you know, the problem is, is with every one of these situations that we're talking about here with voting machines and, and having people there counting ballots. I mean, it all goes back to the money. And I guarantee you that the, you know, these secretaries of states that are running these, these, these elections, you know, they have a vested interest in not breaking their commercial agreements with these, these machines. There's a lot of money that goes into dominion. There's a lot of money that goes into these other, um, these other organizations that develop this, this, uh, this technology. So, you know, it, it, I think we, we have to put a full court press on our elected officials. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what has to happen because they're going to continue to tell us that there is integrity. They're going to continue to tell us that the machines are good because 90% of them have absolutely no clue. They think it is good that, you know, the machines were sold to them. They had to sign off on the contracts, right. With these, with these companies that make these machines. And, some of the, some of these people know, just don't like to look like they're wrong. Okay. They don't want right. to admit that they effed up, but I, I absolutely agree with JR. I think that getting rid of the voting machines should be number one. And then number two is cleaning up the voter rolls. And a lot of people don't realize this, but, you know, in most states, if not all of them, the people can propose constitutional amendments. And if we had a constitutional amendment to your state constitutions to uh, to mandating the cleanup of the voter rolls, say every two years, every five years, you know, um, that would go a long way towards stopping them from being able to inject all these ballots. And I think along with that, we have to get rid of mail in ballots. But the only way to do this is to put that full court press on our elected officials. And I'm saying across the board. I mean, we have to be talking about it at the local level. We have to be talking about it at the county level. We have to be talking about it at the state level. And we have to be talking about it at the federal level. Because as you go up that food chain, those people are going to get elected to higher levels of office. And if they keep hearing every single day from their constituents that we need to get rid of these voting machines. What are you doing to get rid of these voting machines? What are you doing to clean up the voter rolls? Then it's going to be ever present in their mind. And uh, a lot of these people, I think, have very short attention spans. You know, I mean, they're going to pay attention to whoever is in front of them at any given point. Obviously, whoever's lining their pockets, whoever is donating to their campaigns. But if every single small donation that came through had a note attached saying, you need to clean up the voter rolls and we need to get rid of electronic voting machines. And that might have an impact. <laughs> you think about it. Think about, it. you know, I mean, somebody like uh, like Jr. you know, I mean, uh, most of his donations were from, you know, individual people from his district. Same with Donald Trump. I mean, it's, uh, you know, think about all of those donations coming into the RNC or coming into Win Red or coming into uh, President Trump's PAC. You know, if everybody had something to say about that and was actively working to make that happen. You know, I mean, you can join your local, your county GOP, and you can you can actually become part of the county Republican machine and officially make cleaning up the voter rolls and getting rid of electronic voting machines part of your county Republican platform. Yeah, yeah you know what? You know, you know, Zach, I don't mean to cut you off, Zach. No, you know, you're, but, you're up, dude. Go for it. OK, so so the thing is. I don't know if Majewski uh, said it, but he he got stiffed, okay? McCarthy and everyone that had the purse, he got stiffed. That's the reality of it, right? These guys are going to put the money where they 
where they do, right? That's mm-hmm. what they're going to do. That, Mastriano there in, in PA, 412, uh, he's he's absolutely livid <laughs> that his guy absolutely get in there because McCarthy hold the purse. There's no reason, Zach, and Majewski, there's no reason he shouldn't have jumped in behind Majewski. Uh, there's no reason that shouldn't have happened, bro. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Majewski, I'm going to say, we all know what's going on. And even that remedy, which you just said, Zach, not that I disagree. I'm just saying, even if we did all that, who's going to hold that purse, right? We're right back in with those rhinos that control that purse. That's what irritates us to no end. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and and I'll even throw a little more salt. I, you know, I'm just yapping here, uh, Zach, but mm-hmm. people – and I've heard it say people have left California because they're going to more red states. Okay. I agree. Believe it. I have family in Arizona. Yep. I got people across the, you know, the Midwest as well, Texas, but I, 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 you know, and I've considered it a lot, but I go, you know what? California is ground zero. bro. Mm-hmm. If they, if they continue to do this, there's over 5 million Republicans here, conservatives, but if they continue to do this, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest link. Well, Bro, I, you know what I'll say about coming. Ca- they're coming. They're coming for the red states. If, yeah. if, if California can see, doesn't hold them off, bro, I'm telling you, they're just coming to the red states and they're going to, that's how they're doing it, bro. I agree. We I agree. Gotta, what I will say this we have to. Ca- California's d- different because you guys have the new California state initiative that is actually much farther along than most people realize. I, you know, so you've, you've watched the show, so I'm sure you see my interviews with Paul Preston. You know, this is yeah. a, it's a constitutional process and it is closer than it's ever been. Uh, so that right there would create a seismic shift in the power that's inherent. With, they'd be done. They'd be totally done. They'd be totally done. Half They're the electoral done. votes go straight to red. Okay. 55. Yeah, that's correct. Gone, yeah. gone. Yeah. We, we that would torpedo their whole plan. Yes, correct. it would. Yes, it would. So then but then, uh, you know, on top of that, uh, in, in regards to the frustration and, you know, having to be in bed with these people that we know are corrupt, um, you know, th- this is, you know, the, the only thing I can say about that is that we didn't get to this position overnight. And how long has it been? No, really? How long has it been that people have really been paying attention to this? Two years, four years, you know, maybe six years. You know, and uh, and I'd say that, you know, you know, so it's it's incremental. I know that it's frustrating because we want it now. We want justice now. Justice delayed is justice denied. But we haven't really been we haven't been fighting for this for a lifetime, you know, and uh, and now we have an opportunity to make this the number one issue. And uh, as, as despite the fact that it's going to take time, I think that time is on our side. Amen. Yeah. Well, I I, I, I I spent my little time venting. Uh glad that you guys listened. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey man, I'm glad you but, called uh, in. A, a right on, Red Joe. Hey JR, hey man. We really were rooting for you, bro. So when you come back and you and you I don't know what you're gonna do from here, man, but I'd love to hear more about how you how you wanna be uh how do you want to strategize and for us just to get back up on the saddle and keep going. Uh yeah, man. I'm open to hear. All right. All right, I appreciate guys, it, God bless you. Have a great weekend. God bless you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. <clears throat> All right, you guys, we've got two callers on the line. Uh, let me go ahead and bring in Father Larry. Good to hear from Father Larry. 
Let's see. Oh, hey, Father Larry's on camera even. Look at this. <laughs> How have you been, sir? Good to see you. Pretty good. I don't know what they're going to do from here, man. Second, oh, yeah, mute. make sure you mute the stream. <laughs> there we go. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much for calling in tonight, Father Larry. It's good to see you. I'm I'm glad that I did as well. Absolutely. Um, I've wanted to talk to you about uh, my nonprofit. Yes. And I felt that the uh, the um, best time was when I saw Jr. on, uh, <laughs> knowing that Jr. is a veteran. Yes. Uh, first of all, I want to say, uh, um, Jr. I don't necessarily believe that you lost, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because I've been spouting for about a year now that until we get rid of the Dominion machines. Um, the same algorithms are going to con continuously um, uh, corrupt our elections. And that um, until that, um, you know, we, we, we need to kind of bite the bullet. Um, and my, my first thought is after the, uh, our next um, new house and Senate come into being, um, they need to pass a one-time um, bill to pay for a forensic audit of every single state in the nation. I, I agree. It needs to happen. If, if we want to make that first step in uh, solving this election corruption, um, you need to start with step number one. But as far as, um, and, and then I want to move on to my, uh, my nonprofit uh, for veterans. It's, um, St. Michael's Veteran Support Center. Um, I started my idea because I'm a veteran. Um, I've been losing services from the VA, and I don't accept it. Um, so I decided nobody else has seemed to be stepping up, so I am. Um, it seems like it's start, starting here in Colorado. Um, I have interest from Texas and Wisconsin already, and I'm setting up uh, points of contact in at least another half dozen states. And I'm hoping that um, JR, being from Ohio, um, he might um, give me a call, and um, I might be able to um, finagle my way into getting him to be a point of contact um, in Ohio for me. Um, because the way it's looking uh, we'll be taking St. Michael's to um, many other states. Um, I'm I'm trying to make some connections um, with some movers and shakers, and I obviously watched uh, Jr. do some moving and some shaking uh, in his own state, and um, you know he might be able to help us out. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested in helping follow her. I, I do know a, uh, I do know a, a a very significant Republican donor in the state of Colorado who happens to be a retired Navy captain. Um, that is extremely. And I happen to be. I happen to be a Navy a veteran. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I would I might really be able to appreciate help. that connection. Yeah. If um, if you want, you can send me an email. It's uh, jrmajuski at icloud .com. Pretty pretty easy. iCloud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just shoot me an email, and um, 
we can talk over the next few days and see what we can see what I can do to help you. Absolutely. iCloud.com. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I shall. <laughs> awesome. I will respond like I always do to everybody. Okay, good. So, Glad Father Larry, if, if people want... Oh, oh you're muted. Yeah, I just figured that out. If, if Father Larry, if people want to find information about your organization, how can they do so? Well, they can go online and put in all one word, St. Michael's Veterans Support Center.org. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to give out a phone number or an email or anything like that? Do you have any social media that uh, they can follow as well? Um, I do believe that uh, Debbie Roush has the uh, the email or the uh, website address because um, I know she's put it in for me before. Um, but my email address is my last name, Kirchner, K-I-R-C-H-N-E-R, at priest.com. It tells everybody who and what I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Father Larry, I know that you've been trying to get a hold of me, but with the election, uh, it was just not the time to get you on the show directly. But we will schedule something now that everything is kind of calmed down and uh, I'm moving into different subjects. Fantastic. All and right. I, and I will definitely take you up on that. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome. We'll talk to you I soon. Did, I really appreciate I did have it. A, I did have a fundraiser last evening on due diligence uh, show. Oh, sweet. And um, the, the, the watchers were uh, gracious enough to um, donate uh, enough gold pills um, so that we were able to collect about uh, $1,200. Oh, that's awesome. Glad to hear that's that. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, you're uh, standing in the gap where the VA is uh, is leaving people hanging high and dry, brother. Uh, that's good stuff. I love it. Well, the big problem is <clears throat> is you know particularly in the area of mental health, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're, that's one of the big areas they're cutting back services. And as the veteran suicide rate continues to rise, um, they just sit there and say, "Well, we don't quite understand why." Yeah. Um, you know, right now today. Uh, every hour, a veteran commits suicide. 24, seven days a week, times 365, that's over 8,000 veteran suicides per year. Wow. And that's up four per day just from the beginning of this year. Holy jeez. That's totally unnecessary. It doesn't have to be that way. I mean, you know, we, we have to increase that to... Uh, one every uh, 45 minutes. <laughs> right. I don't believe so. You know, there, there are programs out there. There's a, a national program called veteran X and uh, it's in a number of cities throughout the United States. I'm not sure exactly which one. So I'll, I will find out um, in which cities, which States. And uh, you know, I want to bring that into um, St. Michael's facilities and um you know, about 90, 95% of veterans that attend these meetings um, have PTSD, and it's been a very successful program. Excellent. And that's what we want to build on, a success. Well, it's a good place to start. I'm I'm, I'm really uh, uh, proud of what you've been able to do. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's something that is definitely needed. Uh, it's an area that has been completely neglected, and uh, it's probably the first thing that we should be taking care of. You know, I mean, the the men and women who have essentially given everything to ensure that our freedoms can be protected 
uh, are being 100% neglected and, uh, and it's sick. It's sad to see. My dad was a veteran. So, you know, I had to deal with the VA. I, I, I know what this is like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It can be frustrating. Yes. It can be. It can be. All right. Father Larry, thank you so much for calling. Uh, I really appreciate it. We're going to take this last caller and then sign off for the night. Sounds good. All right, brother. And I'll talk to you, and I'll be talking to you, JR. Thank you, sir. Look God forward bless. to it. We'll talk to you okay. soon. All right. And uh, over here on Rumble, uh, Hamtown Girl 78 says five buck challenge for Red Pill. Appreciate that. Uh, Low Country Brooklyn passed out the link for St. Michael's Veterans Support Center dot org for Father Larry Kirchner. And then his email again was Kirchner at priest dot com. And we've got another caller on the line. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get a name? Hi, my name is Kelly RN. Hi, Kelly. How are you tonight? Good. First things first, I want to say to JR that I've been watching you since you painted your yard, and I'm so proud of you for running such a great campaign, and you've really gotten your name out there, and I think that's amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Zach really yeah, helped no me uh, Zach really helped me get my uh, butt off the couch and, and uh, help, <laughs> help push me to the next challenge, so I, I think he's going to be doing that again. Have- I am. So, I am. I'm not going to let you sit this one out. I believed in you then, yeah. and I still believe in you now. Right. And I think you did win it. If it's a Republican district and you yeah. were the Republican, hmm, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's true. You know, I'm we'll see. Just, we got, we well, got, I live in I California. Got, I got the nerds crunching the numbers, so we'll, we'll see what they come up with. Yeah. I mean, okay. Mike well, Lindell is. Right? Oh, you're in California? <laughs> I'm in California. Oh. Yeah. So I do want to tell you that you don't have to run for office to get involved. And everybody keeps saying, what do you ha- what can you do to get involved? What can you do to get involved? Well, I figured first things first, I probably should go to a Republican meeting. There you go. So go to the meeting, start meeting people, met the chairman. The chairman liked me. And so I had told him that I wrote into the website and nobody answered me. And I said, so who's answering that? And he's like, well, I just took over everything. Nobody's answering it. And I said, well, can I do it? He's like, yeah, that would be fantastic. There so then go. all of a sudden I'm answering the entire county, everybody that writes into the Riverside GOP website. That's amazing. And so I started saving everybody as contacts. Mm-hmm. And so then what I would do is, hey, we need help. And so I'd send out mass texts to everybody that I had saved as contacts. That's And then there was so a seat that opened up. So I asked, so I asked the chairman, can, can you put me into that seat? And they said, sure, I'll put you in that seat. Well, then my caucus chair stepped down. So I said, can you put me into that seat? So he said, sure, I'll put you into that seat. So now I'm the one that puts people into seats. Look at that. <laughs> did you and hear I mean, that? Everybody, did you hear California? that? <laughs> maybe because uh-huh. it's California. It might have been a little easier for me than it would be in a red state or something. But I don't maybe. know. Well, Pray it's, about it. it's worth a shot. I mean, we could be doing this all so over then, the country. All over the country. Yeah. And then I started helping on campaigns. So I've been, so watch the, the Ken Calvert campaign because he's going to win. Awesome. Is they this one of the races they're still counting? That's one of the races they're still counting. Okay. He is going to win. They did internal polling and he's going to win. But we were helping. So I, so all I do is send out a text. Now I have 1,800 people saved in my phone. So I send out text. Hey, who can help on the campaign? Make phone calls, door knock, go out, meet people. 
do all this stuff. We need help. And they're like, okay, I'll do it. I've never worked on a campaign, but I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I'd send them to the campaign manager. And so we, so Ken Calvert is awesome and he's going to win. And then he's paired up with Bill Asaley, who's running for state assembly. And so they were running their campaign together. And so we teamed up volunteers, teamed up the campaign and Bill Asaley, he won by a landslide. Awesome. It's so simple. You know, I mean, you're absolutely right. You don't have to run for office to have an effect and uh, and to make a difference. I mean, there are so many different ways out there, and it's almost like there's too many different opportunities that are available for people to get out there and get involved. And, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, one of the reasons I don't like to give people like a specific directive, I want people to go out and seek what spaces they can fill, what spots they can occupy to further our movement and to further our goals into the next uh, election cycle. I mean, all you have to do is look, guys. I swear to God. You know, you can start as uh, as uh, 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 Kelly. It was Kelly RN? Kelly. Okay. Of California. Uh, yeah, Kelly RN. Oh, oh, Kelly RN. Kelly RN. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know who you are. Um, yeah, just start by going to your, your county GOP meetings. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, you know, it, it's what it's like two hours a month or something like that. It's very simple, a very small commitment. And you get an opportunity to to network and to meet people that you probably otherwise wouldn't. And then maybe you can find other opportunities in there. I'm 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 really, really proud of what you've done. That's great. Thank you. And then I met somebody in there and she was so focused on election integrity. We have to do election integrity, we have to do election integrity. She would get mad at me. She's like, we all need to be doing that. I said, listen, we have an army now. Yeah. We all do different facets of it and we all help each other out. So I sent her one of the interviews that you did with Paul Preston. Oh, sweet. And she ended up contacting him. <clears throat> and so he's been helping her to remove the registrar voter um, person that we have in there now because she's terrible. That's awesome. And so I think she's, she's hanging in by a, a string right now. I think they have enough evidence to remove her. That's amazing. How cool is that? Yeah. Wow. And so I wanted to call also because of the previous caller, because he was saying, what can I do? He should contact Paul Preston because he'll yeah. help him in his county too. There you go. Yeah. Paul Preston is a beast. He's going to be back on the show again soon too. So I, uh, I'm excited yeah. about that. And JR, who, who do you, who has joined the show? Who, who is that beautiful, beautiful kitty? <laughs> his name is church. He's a little, little guy we adopted. So I was actually about two years ago when I did the lawn painting, I, I adopted a kitten that I, you know, almost ran over <laughs> and he was about this guy's size. And then this year during the, you know, a couple of weeks ago, similar instance where this little guy was running outside in the neighborhood all by himself and oh, uh we we picked him up and uh took him to the vet and got him all fixed up and now i got two cats and he's beautifully hopefully, hopefully uh, i was allergic to cats but i don't think i am anymore so oh, that's great look at that yeah he's a little <laughs> fighter <laughs> he's super cute yeah. insurrectionist with a kitty <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right. Well, yeah. Callie RN, do you want to give out your uh, social media? Tell people where to find you. Oh, I've been kicked off of everything, so I don't <laughs> even. 
Okay. I don't even well, go you, on it anymore, but you, you can write into the Riverside County GOP. I'll answer you. <laughs> okay, awesome. Oh, there right, you go. Right into the Riverside County GOP. How? What an awesome idea. Just answer the emails yeah. and then build an army. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. All That's right. Where, and I've, I've met the greatest people, and so now we've all become really good friends, too. That's great. That's so awesome. All right. Well, uh, keep us informed and uh, let me know how this how this continues to roll out. Uh, I absolutely love it. And I want to hear other people calling in with similar stories. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so All much. Right. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Good, good job. Good job. Okay. How Bye. cool is that? How cool is that? All right, you guys. Well, we are at the end of the program. Let me just uh, we've going to go through the thank yous over here on Foxhole and I'm going to go ahead and check over here on uh, Buy Me a Coffee and Cash App. We'll see if there's anything from over there. No, Liz from last night. And then over here on Cash App, uh, nothing over there as well. Uh, if we go to the Foxhole, Donabo Libby starting it off with a cookie. Cubs Jedi says, uh, here in NWO, had my vote, JR, keep up the good work, RP. Uh, and then Northwest Ohio. Okay. I get it now. I was thinking new world order. That's, you know, that the only thing it's like, you're inside the new world order. Um, and then Sumter 53. Thank you for the shades, bro, dude. Good to see you with the can. Uh, Nikaz 808 says, thank you, JR. Sean, Joe dropping a cookie and a sub. Really appreciate the sub. Just Josie says, thank you for standing up. JR. Willie break. It says, don't give up. JR. We need people of honest character, such as yourself. Just Josie says, hashtag warrior. D Patriot says, uh, New Jersey for J.R. Majewski. Love you, bud. Uh, C. Kretz dropping a fleet just says, J.R. Low Country Brooklyn says, I'd love to see Jim Jordan as speaker. I would too, but I think J.R.'s right. He's he's going to be too busy with the investigations. Country Girl 007, thank you for the cookie. W.C. Cranop, good to see you, buddy. He says, thank you, Zach. Something you said last night at the 114 mark resonates with me. I'll email you. Sorry, just jump in here. Uh, absolutely. Send me an email and we'll talk about it. Zoso dude. Uh, good to see you, brother. He says, well said, brother. Love you, man. Just duckies says, love you both. G- love, love, love both you guys and love all that you do. We support you both through and through. And then also said, everyone needs to stop panic reacting. We all should know by now that we work in optics. That is an excellent point. People are too reactive. This social media world that we live in has created a bunch of people with just, you know, like the everybody wants to snap judge. They want to get right into it and they want to react to everything. Take a beat. Stop for just a moment. okay? breathe and think about this stuff. You know, I mean, like they wouldn't be trying to make you react if it wasn't a successful tactic. We have to take what they're doing to us and turn it on its head. Cuba Anon says, Trump did so many good things for us. I will never turn my back on him. A boneless chicken says, Trump is the largest threat to their ritual child sacrifice industry. They will nuke him daily. Don't buy it. Uh, Pi says, JR, we are proud of you. You're an honorable man. Parlay your intelligence and natural leadership into a win. Uncensored Abe, good to see you, buddy. Uh, JR, happy birthday, bro. Dude, I missed your birthday. Uh, I can't, all right, bro. can't believe I missed your birthday. Oh, happy birthday. I texted you and your the day after your I know, birthday. So God, that's good. why I feel even worse about it. I, I have it like saved in your contact and everything. Um, anyways, uh, sorry about that, man. Yeah, there was a lot going on anyways. Um, says, uh, we are proud of you. You changed the debate and elevated the discussion. Godspeed. Uh, warrior Mima 
says, phoning it in, keep fighting, JR, dropping a phone. <clears throat> Lynn's over it, says, great show, much love to you both. Average Joe Patriot says, we are not done. Much love. Two great Patriots, JR and RP. And then Patriot714, who is a sub, just subscribed at the bronze subscription tier. Guys, if you haven't realized yet, there are now subscriptions that you can purchase over there on the Foxhole to support whoever you want to support on the Foxhole. You can also drop gold pills on posts and stuff like that, so you can just spread the love all you want. There are a number of tiers. I'm still in the process of setting those up. I think I'm going to do, uh, you know, something like people do on Patreon, you know, like if you're a, a a, a particular tier, then we'll do like a private stream or something like that. But I need to know what you guys want to talk about because I, I want it to be different than just, you know, what I do on a regular show. Anyways, JR, you know, I love you. I hope that you don't give up uh, because everybody's right. We need people like you. We need people like you that are willing to fight, that care about our country, that care about your state. Uh, and that uh, that aren't just going to roll over and do what the McCarthy's and uh, McConnell's of the world tell them to do. So uh, obviously we're at the end of the show and uh, I want you to uh, let the audience know what you want people to take away from this. Well, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, kind of echo the whole conversation. It's like, we can't give up, you know, we got to keep fighting. Um, you know, we've, <sighs> I've been doing this for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, the, the hardest thing about it is, you know, the, the, the aftermath. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, you know, build the bridges with your friends, build the bridges with the Democrats that, you know, I mean, some of you probably do know Democrats and some of them are, I mean, I would say if you, if you have a relationship with them, it's probably because, you know, they're, they're starting to see what's going on and, and the, the farsity of, of their movement. And, uh, you know, as, as much as we need a strong leader that is willing to stand up for us, we also need to be a compassionate society. And, you know, those are the things that, you know, I've, I've tried to work through, you know, the entire campaign that, that, that that's what me painting my lawn kind of was about the underlying, you know, uh, message there was, you know, I support Trump and it should be okay. You can support whoever you want. Let's meet mm -hmm. in the middle and have some dialogue. Right. Yeah. It's always been my message. I don't know how it got twisted into you know everything else but you know i'm i'm gonna be back we'll see in what uh you know in in, in, in what form uh first thing i gotta do is is you know get my life back together and you know start start making a paycheck because you know campaigning took everything from me so mm -hmm. i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get into the podcasting for a little bit until i figure out what my next uh what my next path is so good stuff you know whatever i thankfully can thankfully you helped me buy a studio before <laughs> Um, you know, I decided to run for office, so I do have all this sweet, uh, equipment that, yep. uh, that I could, that I could mobilize and use. So as soon as I get that up and running, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And for those of you that were formerly, you know, fans of that show ear candy that I had, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do something like that. Oh, um, man. we'll see. I want to, I want to, I want to do something that, uh, yeah, whatever I do, I want to make it impactful. Um, you know, I, I, I I really want to make a difference. That's that's my you know entire intent out of all this. And uh, you know I'll, I'll find my way as I go, but uh, you can count that that I'm going to be around in some form or fashion. I don't know. I don't know anything else but fighting. So all right, awesome. Uh, I love to hear it. You know uh, once more that I, I love you. Any way that I can help you, I will. 
And uh, if you need anything, we're here for you. Um, somebody just suggested that I get you a show on Badlands. I think that's not a bad idea at all. Uh, so, you know, if that's something you're interested in, then I can talk to uh, my friends at Badlands and we can start the conversation. But are you do, you don't have a, a Foxhole channel, do you? No, I don't right, have well, anything anymore. We got to yeah, my, well, my my YouTube is uh, my you I'm, I'm demonetized on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I can get, I can get it back. I just have to have like, uh, I don't know, a thousand more minutes watched or something like that. Sure. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Once you, once you like drop below that watch, uh, that minute threshold, then it goes away. So we'll get, yeah, we'll get that back and we'll get you a a channel over on Foxhole. And I'm sure people would love to, uh, to see what you have to say and get you back out there in front of the audience. I mean, you, you got plenty of stuff to talk about. And there's a lot of room in the podcasting game for people to get out there and give their opinions and and talk about it. Um, so uh, I can as, give a perspective from inside the wire. You know, I mean that's hey. that's the thing. I've, I've and I still have a lot of connections. So I mean, I can make phone calls now and get congressmen and women on my show pretty easily. So oh, that'd be great. I think that know, would be awesome. Made a pretty pretty strong network of of people that you know that are still you know this you think when you lose that you lose the, you know, sometimes people forget about you, but you know, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of members of Congress maintain contact with me and I don't think it would be too hard to get them on, on some of the podcasts. Awesome. Well, I'd love to see it. All right, you guys. uh, Thank you everyone for being here tonight. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you very much uh, for all the people who showed up, even if you uh, just came to troll the chat. Um, I think that uh, no matter what, <laughs> the fact that you're here giving me a view, that means that you, you gotta, uh, you're you kind of sweet on me. So appreciate you being here. Uh, let's go ahead and close it out. I just passed out the gold have, pills. Have the mods post Have the mods <laughs> post a link to your OnlyFans and give them something to do. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, all right, you guys. Uh, I'll be gone tomorrow, but I'll be back on Monday. So until that time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.